Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Voices for Change 2.0, the only podcast that focuses on mental health while mixing in movies, music, books, sports, and pop culture. Here are your hosts, Rebecca and Joe Lombardo. Good morning, everybody. Thanks for joining us today. What's up? <laughs> hey guys, uh, thanks for tuning in to Voices for Change 2.0 um, There might be copious amounts of sneezing during the course of this show And for that I do apologize and will do my best to stifle it But uh, I am in the midst of allergy season So that is are, making me sound like William Shatner We are back in Michigan, so the the weather is affecting us Yeah and we, um, we had... Yeah, and we mentioned uh, last week, I think, that we were going to this conference, this mental health conference in uh, Laguna Beach, and it was a fantastic experience. We we suggest that um, they're a relatively new company, so they don't have a, a ton of followers yet, but we suspect that their their followers are going to greatly increase over the next year. Yeah. But um, check out. Uh, uh, at Kindred, uh, the, that's the name of the company is Kindred. Yeah. Uh, they put on an amazing event uh, at a resort called The Ranch at Laguna Beach. Yes. And it was absolutely beautiful. Um, the The conversations were amazing. The people that they had there were diverse and you know intelligent and creative and. The people that ran it were a professional, and even the the people that worked in the hotel were amazing. Yeah. Um, just as a side note, if you're looking for anywhere to travel to uh, just to get away and you have the means to do so, because not going to lie, a little bit pricey. It's a little bit pricey. We didn't we, – um, it was an ex- all-expense-paid trip for us, so yeah. we didn't have to pay. Otherwise, we – would not have made it. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, look up the the ranch at Laguna Beach. I uh, can't say enough nice things about this place. It's just amazing. Just don't go in June, because in California, if you're if you're not aware, they have this thing called June gloom. Yep. And we experienced it the whole time we were there. Uh, it was cloudy the entire time, in the except 60s. for except for when we were getting on the bus to go. Back to LAX to go home. <laughs> yep, that's when the sun came out. <laughs> but exciting thing for me, and then and then we'll get to our current <laughs> guest. But um, oh, the exciting sorry. thing for me was uh, one of the uh, featured speakers was a gentleman named Anthony Rapp. And uh, some of you are as old as we are, and you may have seen a movie called School Ties with. Brendan Fraser and Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, uh, Chris O'Donnell. It came out uh, in the 90s, 94, 93, somewhere around there. And it's one of my all-time favorite movies. I was a huge Brendan Fraser fan all throughout the 90s, and this movie still is one of my all-time favorites. Well, this actor, Anthony Rapp, was in it. He was kind of a heel. Uh, He was the guy who was... He had on, like, Coke bottle glasses. His, his name in the movie was Magoo. Yeah, they called him Magoo, and he he was blonde, and he was kind of, like, you know, against Brendan Fraser type type thing, but uh, really, really good good actor. He's now on uh, the new Star Wars series. No, on, Star Trek. Uh, star, sorry, I apologize. <clears throat> that slipped out. Star wow. Trek series. Wow. Oh, my God. Get over it. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, one tongue slip and you're going to have a coronary. I don't even know who you are anymore. Oh, my God. Shut up. Uh, We're going to have a little talk after this. <laughs> but anyway, he's on the new Star Trek show. Uh, uh, Star Trek Discovery. Star Trek Discovery. It's on the CVS streaming app. Yeah, you should you should definitely check it out. Yeah. Uh, and he was also in Rent. Yes, he was in Rent as well, which yeah. is really cool. He, he um, is... Uh, is uh, out of the closet gay man. Yes. And um, has been for years. Yep, for years, and uh, just an all-around fantastic guy. I was so grateful to meet him. Joe grabbed him because I didn't get to meet him during the the uh, 
actual event. So it, as we were leaving, he grabbed him, and I got to to meet him. And I get really geeked out about actors, no matter how small their their role may be. If if I've seen them in something, uh, I get all geeked out and excited. So that was she, a big thing for she, me. She fangirled a little bit, but it was cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that was that was my goal is to make sure that she got to meet him uh, before we left, and it was just. It was a nice little fluke. You know, he happened to be walking by our shuttle bus, and I grabbed him really quick. I'm like, Anthony, do you have a minute? And there's somebody I'd like you to meet, and brought him over to Beck. And, uh, yeah, it was really, really cool. Yeah, so it was he very was cool. lovely, lovely gentleman. And um, the whole experience was just amazing. Met in just incredible people that were hoping to develop into uh, working relationships. Yes. And, you know, hopefully down the line, you will hear some of these people on this here show. Yeah, absolutely. So, so okay, we've got to wrap that up because we do have a guest for today. And he's probably of, sitting on the phone going, uh, hello. Yeah, speaking of this here show. <laughs> so um, our guest today is an advocate and uh, does peer support. He's a men's fashion aficionado and designer. And uh, checking out his Instagram, I discovered he is a prolific Instagrammer. <laughs> um, not to mention he's just really tall. <laughs> um, yes, and he does, uh, in conversation, go by the name of Paul. Paul. Tall Paul. So we'd like to introduce Paul Marlowe this morning. Welcome to the show. Hey, Rebecca and Joe. Thank you so much for having me. It is our pleasure, Tall Paul, and uh, I, I gotta say, I gotta say, just uh, just out of the gate, you're ridiculously handsome. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. I, uh, I, I like to think I'm struck. tall. I think that's it. But yeah, no, it's, it's more than that, sir. You, you're kind of in the the Henry Cable kind of realm there, and uh, you know, I'm I'm confident enough in my manhood to say that. Um, just. <laughs> Yeah, well, well I done you. I respect that. So thank you, thank you. It took a lot of hard work. I can thank yeah, my parents it, for that one. Yeah, it's uh, it, it definitely it definitely shows, man. Uh, you're you're sick, just the way you <laughs> you're cut, man. That's probably not the best way to put it, honey. But well, you know, just, <laughs> well, it can my tell, job it on can the podcast is over. Thank you. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, well. Sorry, I had to get that out of the way really quick because I couldn't no. find any other in the course of when, <laughs> when we're drilling you that uh, it would come up. So, All right, uh, so if you don't have, oh, sorry to interrupt there. If, if you don't have any questions for us, we're going to go ahead and jump in. Yeah, no, we can. Uh, yeah, we can talk about those other things other than my facial looks and my time in the gym. <laughs> Let's make it happen. <laughs> That, right. Oh, that's still going to come up later, but, you know. Okay. I'm perfect. kidding. I'm kidding. Um, all right, babe. Okay, so the, the question that we do generally start off with, with pretty much every guest, and occasionally there'll be one that we don't ask the question of, but uh, where does your mental health journey begin? Um, I'm beginning to learn as I go through therapy that it begins when I'm a small child, but... I didn't realize it till later on. So really the big ones where I kind of realized I needed help in this area began after a long-term relationship ended about four or five years ago. That's where I started um, having issues and realizing things needed to change. Hmm. And, what what steps did you take to try to make those changes? Thanks, I was going to ask that. I uh, well, the biggest thing was um, I started believing that therapy could be something for me. Before that, I was one of those people that laughed it off, said, "Why would I need therapy?" Um, and then went on. Uh, but the bigger thing, which I talk about more, was actually my father passing. So. 14 months ago now was really when really when things went down and started um, affecting my life. Yeah, we, uh, we we definitely have sympathy for you on that. Uh, we offer our condolences. Absolutely. For sure. Thank you. Um, we've, we've both been there. I lost my dad back in 04. Um, 
Beck lost both her parents, uh, her mom in 2010, 2008, 2008, and her dad in 2017. And two of her brothers. Yeah, so it's been kind of a tough road to hoe. But, yeah, we definitely know what you're going through on that, man. It's nothing prepares you for the loss of a parent. Yeah, you know, 100%. Yeah. You think think about it when when you start to hit your 20s, at least for me, that was my situation. I started to, you know, come to watching them get older and, you know, a little bit forgetful and things like that, you know, and you start, you know, just kicking around the idea, wow, you know, they're not going to be here forever. And, you know, you, you try to sort of, you know, get yourself ready for the eventuality. And uh, I'm here to tell you that there is no getting ready for it. No. It is the most painful thing that I think I have ever, ever had to endure in my entire life. And I've been through a lot of crap. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. You know, but the two of them, you know, were such big influences in my life that, uh, you know, it was really just absolutely heartbreaking. It still is. I've never officially processed all the the grief that I have and the guilt that I harbor for, you know, this, that, and the other thing that I didn't do when I should have and and things like that. So, yeah, like Joe said, we we are, we understand how you're feeling 100%. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, that was and that was one thing that was actually, you know, I'm sure you heard us talking about the the event that we went to earlier this week. Um mm-hmm. one of the topics of discussion was actually grief and loss and you know, it was real fascinating what they were talking about and it, it reminded me of something, you know, my Beck's parents were older, my da- my dad was older and uh my entire life growing up we would take a trip every year to Chicago and, you know, my grandmother was buried there and my dad, just to give you a little context, was 55 when I was born. So go dad. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. And he lost his mother when he was in his teens and, you know, just to the very last time we went to Chicago every year, we would get to that grave and he would cry like a baby. You know, he mourned his mother for decades, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's the, – the thing that drives me nuts is people always think, okay, you grieved enough, it's time to get over it. Yeah. There's, there's no time frame. No, nobody can tell you how to process your own emotions. That's it's not – I it, it, it irks me to no end to, to hear somebody say, well, you know, it's been so and so such and such, how long, it, you know, don't you think it's time to move on? No, I move on when I say I move on. Yeah. 100%. Well, I think it's not even you move on when you say you move on. You move on when your mind and body allow you to. <laughs> like, I know what you're saying. Like, it's your choice, but I don't even think it's any of our choices. It's like, it's, oh, this day has occurred, and here I am, and, okay, I feel mm-hmm. better. This might be it, but... uh that day, obviously, I don't think that day really occurs because at some point it always comes back to us at some point with a piece of music or being at a location or just a down day. Yeah, Tom I think you're completely right. Yeah, totally. <laughs> anything. It, it's interesting when those emotions occur, that's for sure. So yeah. The one thing I will say on it from my own context with my dad is it transitions. You know, at first, it's it's like a open wound. It's like an exposed nerve where, you know, the, the slightest memory is going to trigger, you know, anything from contemplative reflection all the way to, you know, straight up bawling your eyes out. But the Isn't one thing... Five, five stages of grief? Yes, sir. Yeah. The one thing I've found over time, because like I said, my dad passed in 04 is now when I'm confronted with those same memories, you know, a song or a movie or a picture or whatever, instead of it rocking me or 
or setting me back or or tripping me up or anything. Now I can I can like meditate on it fondly, you know, and just have it mm-hmm. be a little little tiny treasure in my heart, you know, and and that's one thing I'm kind of proud of, you know, if I hear you know a Frank Sinatra or Dean Martin song or something, you know, something of the big band era, um right away I finally I finally think, "Oh, dad I would have liked that." You yeah. know, and that's the one thing I can take away is it, it. You don't ever get over it, but you learn how to live with it and process it better. Yeah, yeah, no, I could definitely, yeah, I could see that occurring. I've had a couple moments like that. It's still fairly fresh, but um, yeah, no, it's it's uh, when I do have that moment and I can kind of smile with tears and not be sad and sorrow, then it's it's a peaceful, it's a nice thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. So. Um, well, let's um let's kind of shift gears a little bit. Um yes. Our next question uh, is, is kind of a whole different area, but uh, okay. we did want to find out from you why you think that it's so difficult to talk about men's health, especially mental health. Uh. Well, there's a lot of areas. Obviously, I believe it's really deep down that alpha male caveman aspect we all innately have, even if we don't think about it. I really think it breaks it down to our past and whatnot Um, and how we're supposed to be the leader of the pack. We're supposed to take care of people. We're supposed to be the strong anchor for those around you. But the thing is now, no, you're not just strong anchor for those around you. I'm also, if I decided to be on that strong anchor for those 10,000 followers I have on Instagram. And I think that people kind of take that in. They have to be strong and look at it. Like they have to put this wall up for those people that not are just within their five group of friends, but everyone that's going to see them on every single platform they're on. And I think that adds a bigger stress mm-hmm. um, yeah. until you kind of let go of that. I, I just, for some reason in the last three years, I stopped worrying about being ashamed or made fun of. I think that's the thing. People are think they're going to have someone laugh at them for something. Like, yeah. yeah. And that's it. Like you, you really think it is. Until one day, I can't really tell you exactly when it happened. I was like, well, if someone laughs, go right ahead. But actually what happened, I found out, is people relate to you more and they respect you more and want to talk to you and listen. And it's, it's, it's a whole different aspect from what we think is going to happen. But yeah. that innate male machoism, even though if we're not trying to be, you know, egotistic and asshole-ish, it still is deep down in there and kind of persuades us in our actions, I believe. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, it's, we, we all have to put up the, the brave front, the, uh, you know, oh, get over it, man up, you know, throw some mm-hmm. dirt on mm-hmm. it. That, you know. mm-hmm. the, the expression man up just, it drives me crazy for some reason. Like, I just, mm-hmm. I don't think it, it should be used. It, it irritates me. Um, yeah, it's just, you know, and you have to reach a point where it's like, you know what, I'm, you know, I've, I've done this with getting older. It's like, all right, this is me. Take it or leave it. And if you don't like it, well, there's the door. Don't let it hit you where the good Lord split you, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and it's funny because now, you know, it's, it's easier to be more me, you know? That if you just if you let go of it, you know, and I, I've for a long time, and Beck will tell you this, going back to before we even got married, I was I've always been very I don't care what other people think, and for a lot of things, that was true, and for some things, it wasn't, and I was faking it, and now I'm not. Now it's you know, you're gonna think what you're gonna think, and and that's fine. That's your opinion, and you're entitled to it. If you think I'm a weepy emotional mess, well, fine, think that. I know that's not the case. I just know I'm more in tune with my emotions and how to express them. But if you want to go on with your ignorance, go for it. You know? Yeah, yeah I totally get that. And I do think actually 
we're at a weird spot where we males and people in general, females and males can be more open and it's all about we're in a personal growth era and knowing your feelings and kind of not caring what people think or having your way being right and if someone doesn't like it they can move on. But I think like what you just said is you thought that but it actually wasn't occurring. Yeah. I believe a lot of these people think they're None of these people, I don't like saying that way because I'm not trying to put people down. I know I have in the past thought I felt one way and I thought I was making an action to better myself and better others, but I wasn't actually. It was me just putting a front up to be mm-hmm. safe. Um, yeah. And I see that in more and more people where they're thinking they're doing this thing, they're thinking they're being positive, they think they're helping their growth by slowly helping others, but it's really... Uh, it's hard to break through that barrier wall we've put up for such a long time to actually act in the way we want to act. It's hard, and it's and it's scary, and yeah, it takes oh, it's courage. Super hard. You know, yes. yeah, absolutely. You know, you're because you don't know what people are are thinking, and you know, it's it's all well and good to say, well, I don't care what you think, but when you actually have that deep seated fear, then it's you know, well, how do I actually break down that wall? You know, how do I bust mm-hmm. that barrier to get through mm-hmm. to being, you know, a more true version of me, you know? Yeah. yeah so it sounds, like super you, it sounds like you have actually dealt with... Oh, hang on, before you ask it, I wanted to ask... It. Oh, okay, I'm sorry, go I ahead. Down. That's okay. It's, just, it's, it's kind of... I think it's kind of a, a companion to the last question. Okay, go ahead. So um, maybe I'm wrong, but uh, as, as I was doing some research last night on you there, Paul, um, mm-hmm. one thing I wanted to ask was uh, what your outlook is on the relationship between mental health and physical health. Oh, I think it's, uh, I think they're more intertwined than, I don't know, peanut butter and jam. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a huge, it's a huge, huge thing in my mind. Um, this area of physical health uh, affecting our brains, affecting our the way our stomach and gut react, affecting work. Um, I know I'm getting outside what you just asked there, but I, I really <laughs> don't think physical health gets its credit for helping these other areas of our life to make them better. So, um, yeah, I, I truly believe if someone wants to work on their mental health and they don't know what they're doing, um, they could start off by trying to work on their physical health um, throughout the day. And that's something you can tangibly see and do and change. Like, it's something that you can know and check off your list. I went to the gym. I went for a walk. I went for a run. Um, and physical health also is eating. I ate healthy. And you can see that, and you can then at the end of the day look, okay, I did something good for my physical. My mental might change with that and be positive because, unfortunately, we can't see our mental health changes often. You can't do that checklist of the day, and my mental health is better. It's just one of those ones that kind of slowly over time we start recognizing. Um, yeah, I think that answers that one, <laughs> how much I believe okay. in it. <laughs> so so you kind of feel they, they go hand in hand, which makes sense with some of the things that we've said on the show previous where going from a, a point of view of, you know, you've got all these other physical ailments that can happen. You can get diabetes. You can get heart disease. You can break your arm. You can, you know, get cancer. All these different things that get treated, why can't your brain become sick as as well and you know you end up having you know bipolar disorder or ADHD or you know any number of you know schizophrenia just go down the list um the brain's an organ just like your liver just like your kidneys just like your heart you know so you've got that physical aspect of it that you have to take care of and uh you know applying the physical health helping your mental health, I mean, I think it, it, it goes, like you said, it goes hand in hand. Yeah, 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 like, a hun- yeah, 100%, like, we'll think of our body, there's not, it's not two sections, 
It's like mm-hmm. it isn't just your neck up and neck down, and then they work apart. Like no, we we we're one. We have a skin sack <laughs> around us, and it's all all the things inside. If you don't believe it, they probably do work together. Just thinking realistically. Um, yeah. There's a science to back it, and there's everything to back it. But even if you don't think that, like, there has to be. There's no cutoff point where one thing doesn't touch the other. So, in my mind, even if you don't think physically fit will help you going for a walk, like, it's worth giving it a shot. And you know, because what happens when you start walking, you start breaking a sweat, and you start doing something, you get those positive um hormones, everything starts creating through your body, you know, after a hard day of work, if some people have done that when they're younger, at what point, you feel good at the end of the day. It's like, oh, I accomplished something. I did something. Um, yeah. And that's where that's really where it comes down to. Then, okay, if I felt good doing that, why don't I purposely do something to put my body in that state at the end of the day and see what happens? Yep, mm-hmm. get the endorphins going and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. All right, well, we are going to take a quick break, and uh, we will be back with you on the other side of No One is Alone by Alexander Rodriguez. No one here to guide you. Now you're on your own. Only me beside you, still you're not alone, no one is alone, truly no one is alone, sometimes people leave you. Okay, I think we're back. So, <laughs> welcome back to Voices for Change 2.0 as I sit here like a doofus. Yeah, we uh, 
Our, we, have to, we should say our producer is producing from Las Vegas currently, mm-hmm. and um, things are a little bit different than normal. Um, <laughs> and that that, that kind of came as a surprise to us, so we apologize for the <laughs> dead airspace there. It snuck up, and if it were a snake, it would have bit us. Yep. So consider us bit. Yep. Anyway, I'm Joe. She's Rebecca. On the line is Paul. <laughs> yes, sir. How's it going, sir? <laughs> going good. I'm uh, enjoying it so far. That flew by. Awesome. That that makes us happy to hear. So, and um, okay. So I stole the thunder from your question earlier, babe. So you want to ask it now and try to sure. recover some of the thunder that I stole? Sure. Oh. Um, Paul, you were you're talking a little bit about. It, it sounds like you you might have had to deal with with some stigma in your past. Uh, I just wonder wh- what that was like for you and how did you handle it? Um, can you explain a bit more how far past what would you, from what I was referring to, as uh, in growing up or recent past? Yeah, you were mentioning that, um, what was he saying where I got that from? Well, just the, you know, like we were talking about the whole, idea of having to, to quote man up and yeah that whole that whole you know just being putting forward a, a strong a strong front especially when you know okay yeah yeah, yeah. You know, just tearing down the yeah. walls and stuff and so then so then when you yeah. finally start tearing the walls you know definitely no um well that was it's the funny thing. It's not real. It wasn't anyone around me. It was my own view of myself. Right. On, and it's not, I don't think it, it's weird because it's not me thinking I need to be a man. I need to do this. Like I need to, it's being a kid growing up in his twenties. I need to be cool. I need mm-hmm. to do something. So these girls will like me. I need to do something. So, my friends don't think I'm weird. Um, it's really that aspect of it all that was not what held me back, but was what put my walls up. And if I still had that right now, I wouldn't be doing this with you is what I'm saying. I wouldn't be putting videos up of me on Instagram in a downtime on my story and of me crying saying this thing came up my father and I'm fine I'm not wanting to kill myself but this is just what's happening in my life right now Yeah. because my close friends I don't know like my close close yeah, they support me but they're not the ones going to watch my story it's, they'll be like oh Paul's crying again I'm there for him but and that's what yeah. I was used to be worrying about all the time from everybody is mm-hmm. how do they perceive me? How can I be a functioning 24-year-old in this big city and get further in life? And that's when you think you have to follow this line. You have to be like this. You have to be here. Um, and it took some time for me to understand, you know what? No, I can do these things. And if not, I'm going to try and see what happens. And then I started realizing more people started liking me per se or talking to me or respecting me and that made it so much easier for me to become this person online trying to help others but I really just I'm not I don't want to be that professional I'm not professional at all so I hope no one thinks I am but it's I'm just putting out there the stuff that I've gone through and what I find what works for me what doesn't work for me and if it can help someone else then I'm happy but really, it was just fighting myself. There was no one that around me that shamed me or put me down. I essentially shamed myself after doing actions, thinking that they weren't the right ones to do for a 24-year-old male. Mm-hmm. That's actually, you bring up a really valid thing that I don't think it's talked about as much in in the overall discussion. And that's, you know, we talk about stigma from the outside, but we never talk about self-stigma. Yeah, self-stigma, and you know, our own personal outlooks on it, and you know, it's it's being able to overcome 
what we're saying to ourselves that can get us to take take the next step, like going and seeing a therapist or going to a psychiatrist or getting on medication or any number of things that would be personally beneficial to ourselves. Um, you know, so, so yeah, uh, th- you know, thanks for talking about that because we, we haven't talked about it that much on the show. Mm-hmm. And in discussions with our peers, it hasn't come up all that often, you know? Come up a little bit for me. Uh, and lots of times in my Twitter feed, there'll, there'll be something about it. And to be honest with you, I haven't formed, you know, an intelligent opinion uh, on the whole thing. So I haven't wanted to get involved, you know, heavily into the discussion because I didn't want to come off sounding like, you know, somebody just out of left field who thinks they know something and they really don't, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, this, that's a big pet peeve of mine on Twitter for people mm-hmm. who, you know, just invent things that, <laughs> that supposedly happen or, or, you know, it's a side effect of some type of disorder or what have you. So, yeah, you want to say something like, you know, settle down, Karen, you weren't there. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I just, I've, I haven't really gone that deep into the premise, but I really, I think it's something that I, I need to look at because I can feel that, and I'm sure Joe will back me 100% on this, I can feel that it's something that I've probably pretty heavily done my entire life. Mm-hmm. So um, I really need to look more into it, I think. Yeah, you know, that, that was... Oh, go ahead, Paul. No, I just one thing. I think, I don't know. It's from my personal training experience. I've been a trainer for 10 years. And I realized when I first started training, I was looking full, full big picture, full how hard is this? Like, what can I do to make these things easier? And I was looking too big picture. And when I started breaking it down and, like, trying to do the simplest of exercises with my clients to help them gain more confidence and learn about their muscle coordination groove, I was like, wow, just break everything down to, like, the bare-bone necessity and do that daily. Um, Mm -hmm. And I started using that with my personal growth, I'll say, to start, which then helped me with my mental health. And it's really, like, stop. And I started to stop trying to think about those aspects around me and I started thinking about me just what was I thinking and why did I think that I think that 99% of the population is dealing with these things not exactly what I'm dealing and you're dealing and everyone's dealing with but there's something there but we all have this innate view of ourselves and what others think of ourselves and I believe not that everyone has to go to therapy, but there's, everyone needs to work on something. I know people come to me with questions, and I'm like, well, it sounds pretty simple that you just need to talk to someone. You're talking to me. Why don't you talk to this or do that? And they're like, ah, oh, well, it's not for me. I don't need that. Well, no, just break down that wall. Try it out. If it's actually not for you, it's not for you, but why not try? Yeah, you don't know until you try, you know. It's like yeah, anything, you know. Um, I can I can see the other side of it going, well, you know, how do I know if skydiving is right for me if I don't try it? Well, then you try it and jump out of the plane and your parachute doesn't open. For sure. But, you, yeah, you can have you know, that. It depends how you look at life. But if right, I don't but, try skydiving, then I'm going to miss out on something that I might have this inking to do. And if I die, I could die crossing the street. This is true. This is very true. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It's, so I'm, yeah, I'm, that's I'm, not life. Yeah. I'm I'm completely in agreement with you on that. That you know, if it's mm-hmm. you know, if you haven't tried it before and nothing else, especially if nothing else has worked, why not try mm-hmm. it? What could it hurt? You know, mm-hmm. nothing else is already working for you. So, you know, and that's that's the one thing too. That talking about the self stigma thing, you know, one thing that's that's come up, I know for Beck for sure is, you know, we we've both seen it like with her bipolar disorder where she'll start being kind of down on herself about things. And, you know, I I have to stop her and say, well, no, that's, that's not you. That's, you know, your illness and what you're going through telling you that, you know, and helping her to realize that, 
you know, there's so much more, especially to her, than what she's seeing or how she's feeling. You know, and that's that's the one thing is the whole self-talk thing. You know, sometimes it can be a detrimental thing, and then you have somebody there to kind of remind you, hey, you know what? No, you are an incredible person. You're a worthy human being. You know, you're all these different things, you know. Yeah. It can be insidious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it is, I, I don't want to speak for other people, because it is when stuff like that kicks in, and it actually kicks in, it's a whole different ball game. We're, we're not talking mm-hmm. about worrying. You're wanting to deal with whatever happens on it. Sometimes you can't deal. I remember I was in my darkest times for my depression. Like, no, I'm not going to worry about, you know, going to the gym. I'm not going to worry about eating properly at that time because I'm just trying to survive at that time. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It's those times when we're, you know, we're in that extra, depending on how depressed or down or how often these issues come up with you is it's those times when you know what you can you can live life you can go outside you can do things that's when you work on these other areas and kind of break your own stigmas down so when they these big things do pop up you're kind of if you can put your body on auto control at that time and hopefully you've built up enough routine through breaking those stigmas down when you feel fine that's they might help you when you're feeling at your worst. Your auto control is going to kick in and it has a better chance of helping you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So talk to us about your project, Never Alone. What is the goal with that? Um, so this Never Alone came up last August, August, September. Um, I That was six months after my dad passed and I was putting a lot of stuff out on social media, just how I was doing and what was happening. And I started getting more people messaging me and saying, thank you. I've had this. I respect a whole bunch of stuff that was just positive. I'm like, well, how can we, how can I create a community? Like I am now, but I wanted a, a, you know, anchor there just that someone could relate to. So I don't know where Never Alone came up with. Obviously, it's not the first time everyone's ever used this word for any kind of mental health issue. Um, I know a lot of communities use it, and I'm grateful that they do, and I hope they don't mind that I use it also. But um, I started thinking, what way can I have people be kind of proud of talking about, you know, being sad one day and not be ashamed of it? and seeing others that they know are dealing with that same thing. So I thought, let's um, put together something. And I've always kind of wanted to start a clothing line. I do like fashion. It's hard for me for being such a tall guy, so I have to put a lot of effort into it. Mm-hmm. And I uh, started creating um, some hoodies, uh, actually creating them, designing them, going to a tailor um, and putting them together and I am a couple months away from finishing it but uh, as that time has been putting it together I've been getting the community has grown around the Never Alone um, branding and thoughts of you are not alone at any time Uh, so yeah it's pretty cool I don't have an actual thing to give right now but mm-hmm. the uh, email list is growing on people who want to buy one when they do start. And I do my, uh, my first sales and pre-sales of what's going to happen. Uh, yeah, that is the most probably convoluted explanation of Never Alone. So I can give you. <laughs> where, can, where can people sign up to get the merchandise? Um, at the moment... I it would be best to come on to my Instagram page and you can DM me also on my website I do have a never alone section where they can join my email list to sign up to get the emails when they do come I would love for the people to come in my DM and say hey I heard you um, thank you so much or I have this going on can you help me and also can we get on your never alone list that'd be cool I'd love to have a conversation with them they don't want to have a combo though. Just pop over to my website and uh, 
put your name in the email subscription, and you can follow along until they're ready. Well, I give, did, give I did us your, your Instagram handle and your website. Pardon me? Give us your uh, Instagram handle, oh, your, your oh, sorry. Sign and name, yeah. and your website. Um, it's Actually, my Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook are all at Tall Paul's Life. G-A-L-L-P-A-U-L-F-L-I-F-E. And okay. my website is www.tallpaul.ca. Pretty much if you Google Tall Paul, I hope I'm on the first page and you should find me. <laughs> I'd, I'd be kind of shocked if you weren't the first one to come up under Tall Paul. I'd be kind of worried about that. Uh, <laughs> Actually, to be honest with you, I know the other the other Pauls I know are tall. Also, I just don't think they <laughs> own the name as well as I do. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny. We have a, a morning show, uh, wacky, crazy morning show on the radio here in Detroit, and uh, one of the things you know they have people call in, call in, and they have all these different little sayings. And for a time, people would call in and they would say, "Anonymous Paul, everybody knows a Paul." It was just, he used to always crack me up. It was like everybody does know. Wow, you know. Yeah. It's just, it's just funny. I know it was in reference to somebody that had called in, but it was just it cracked me up. But uh, I actually last night on your website signed up on your uh, mailing list, so you know you'll you'll see Thank me you in so there. Thank you so much. Absolutely, and um, you know because I too, like you, am a man. Um, I'm yep. I'm not as tall. By any stretch, I'm rather short, but I am still a man. So um, I am interested in your in your gear there. And as I was perusing your website, um, I stumbled across something that I thought was really cool because it's something that is talked about and has been for probably a good couple of years now. But specifics aren't really much out there if you're not involved in it. And that was you. Uh, one of the things that kind of aided you during the course of all this was your use of CBD oil. And for, you know, for the uninitiated such as Rebecca and myself, um, how do you go about using CBD oil? You know, I, we, she actually got a a sample of it in the mail. I I had a gentleman send me a sample because I think he wanted me to become a customer. And And when we read up on it, it said that it could interfere with, um, antidepressants, so I haven't tried it yet because I'm on, you know, seven antidepressants, mm-hmm. and I can't afford for it to interfere with any of them. Yeah, so, no, you know, but, but on top of that, when we when we got it, we're like, okay, so how do we use this? Right, well, what do you do with it? There's yeah. no instructions. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, so when I saw it, when well, I saw that me, you actually had, yeah. Yeah, let me uh, help you with that one. Um, first of all, I'm not, I believe, well, I live in Vancouver, Canada, mm-hmm. and cannabis is now legal in Canada fully throughout. Um, yeah. So that that is one aspect. I don't know if everyone can get it. Uh, the second thing I want to say before I start is, since it's legal now, it's finally getting the scientific backing behind it. And I do right. believe all these things are positive, and we're going to, and they're I can't say I don't think they're going to hurt you. There isn't the science behind it. But from the years of use prior to it being scientifically looked at, there's a good chance it'll be fine. However, though, I think in 10, 15 years, we're going to know much more about this for depression, anxiety, and the mental health aspect. But if you were to use it, and it's a CBD oil, um, it, it's quite simple. That's the best part about the oil is you can put it in anything you want. Um, I take it, a, there's a dropper, and I take it under my tongue. Um, that's where the, a lot of the sensors are, and you can actually get it into your system. It's probably the most efficient way to get it into your system. Or okay. you just put the dropper, and you put it into a drink. You can put it into your coffee, a milkshake, a protein shake, on top of your rice or your food, and you ingest it, and it gets absorbed to your stomach. Um <laughs> The aspects I used it for for my mental health is people can go read my blog also. As I've heard people say it actually helps them relax when a bout is happening. I, I mm-hmm. can't personally say I noticed that. 
um, I don't want to lie and promote something that I didn't completely fully believe in. But, however, in the times when I wasn't sleeping well and when I don't sleep well, when you don't sleep well, your body doesn't recuperate and regenerate and grow and uh, your brain doesn't grow and it doesn't, isn't able to regenerate all those areas which are messed up in us and there's a lot of stuff going on where our brain needs it to sleep. Um, I use CBD and it did help me get a deeper, better sleep. So hmm. hence getting that better sleep helped my body and muscles grow and helped me stay more in shape. And for my workouts, I was able to repair. And if I was able to repair my workouts, then my brain was able to repair. And I would wake up feeling better the next morning instead of waking up feeling like, oh, my God, I'm sore, I'm tired, I don't want to start off this day like this. It gave me a better aspect to start with. So it helped me recuperate a lot of areas, which helped my mental health to recuperate at the same time. Cool. Well, let's, I think uh, what we'll do then, because I know we have to see back to back the producer in any way, is we'll kind of talk it over with her and address it and say, hey, you know, we've been thinking about this, what kind of impact would it have with regards to her medications and, and whatnot? You know, I mean, it's, yeah. if it's a benef- if it, if it would be a beneficial thing for her and, I, and sleep is a, sleep's a big issue for me. Yeah. Um, that, you know, that could be huge. Speaking of sleep, I've actually just started uh, kind of working with a uh, sleep app um, company here in Vancouver. It actually deals with the Navy SEALs and major league baseball teams. And obviously, there's a bunch of stuff going on with sleep apps and reading your science behind it. But a quick thing, if you didn't know, um, a lot of people say, like, take melatonin, um, you know, taking all these pills to help them sleep. But obviously, once you start taking so much stuff and your body doesn't naturally produce it, you you need that to sleep, which in my mind isn't a positive thing. So Mm -hmm. what I was told from one of their sleep scientists and actually an old baseball coach of mine and a good friend and he's seen the science behind it. Um, you can write this down. Just tart cherry juice. And mm. it's legit. Um, cherry juice, tart cherry juice, organic. And it is shown to produce melatonin in your system naturally and organically. And uh, you take like a shot worth of it at night. I've started for five days and I've noticed a better sleep from it. It's one of the more organic ways to get healthier melatonin production. Um, they're realizing. So mm-hmm. something that might help you out, Rebecca. Yeah. Taking melatonin was, was useless for me. It was like taking the sugar pill. Essentially. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, the, the melatonin behind it supposedly it's a fifty-fifty. It works for some people, and it doesn't for others. Like that's the yeah. science behind it, from what I've heard. Um, yeah. But I believe I believe in this guy that I saw, and I did see the science, and I, he said that if the Navy and these major league baseball teams and sports teams, with the funding and backing they have to make their players more efficient. I, I'm going to follow that if it just means I have a sip of juice before I go to bed. I'll try that. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, what could it hurt? Were you a pitcher? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I was. <laughs> kind of I got drafted, actually. I got drafted by the Blue Jays out of high school. Uh, nothing oh, happened wow. with it. Yeah, oh. but I, I was a pitcher. That's awesome. Unfortunately, right-handed. I wish I was left. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah good old self-talk. I was I was a terrible yeah. outfielder. <laughs> I played softball. I was I played second base. So okay. Yeah, I couldn't, I I couldn't steal I a ground ball if my life depended on me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we're getting down to the wire here, where we're going to have to wrap up. So we just want to know uh, quickly what is next for you on the horizon. The next thing is to finally, after nine months of thought production going through everything needed to start a piece of clothing um, is to get that going and get that running out there. Um, I would love people don't have to buy it, but they can. What's happening is I'm actually doing 
with every sale, a percentage of the sale is going to go to a mental health charity. Um, I'm in talks with some to figure out what one works best and what I believe in most and what can help the community. So even if you don't want to buy a hoodie, you can always donate. I'm going to have a site on my website where you can donate, donate to charities um, if you don't want the piece of clothing. Uh, secondly, the piece of clothing, I want to make it a lifestyle piece. I want it something that people are proud to wear, can wear out. Um, the aspect is not just for the actual branding, but to actually have a nice piece that someone will wear for an aspect. And then if people like the piece and they're like, what does it mean? I'd rather have that instead of just basing it off a charity help. Um, right. Because then right. I believe it can grow more and more people will talk about it if they actually like a piece and are proud to wear it as a fashion piece. Secondly, what it stands for. Okay. Yeah. That's it's awesome. solid. Um, do us a favor. When you're getting ready for the uh, release to mm-hmm. release, <laughs> um, let us know. Uh, we, we would definitely love to have you back on to to talk about it and uh get get some definitely get some promotion and some hype going for it that would be amazing i would really love that sweet all right so so you know where to find me so just keep in touch and um we'll work on that once the time comes around perfect Rebecca. it's definitely uh we got twitter going let's, let's keep yep. that happening that's okay, what you sure. have to see daily <laughs> indeed all right, so stay on the line, and we'll be back with you in a second. So uh, that's it for today, folks. We will see you next week. Yeah, thanks for tuning in, and uh, please enjoy Perfect Sunday by Nick Hayward. Go to